All right, good evening. I have some friends that really like coffee. Um, in fact, they like different varieties of coffee, but uh, each day it's hard for some of them to even get going in the day without a cup of coffee. Um, not that that's bad, but they like it. It brings pleasure, and so they're kind of drawn back to it. I have uh, met a couple people who really like to run, and they're really addicted to running. And there's something that goes on when you run, this thing called endorphin, you know, these chemicals that go on. and So they get pleasure out of running. I, it's hard work for me, but they like it, and uh, it seems like they just keep wanting to do more and more and try different kinds of trails and all this stuff. Um, also, there are people who are addicted to video games. We had uh, Dr. Doan here a month or two ago and kind of talked to us about how that addiction works, that as you get in the video game, you, you, there's some pleasure you get out of it. And then you can go do more, and you can go to the next level, and it's like more exciting. And then there's variety because there's a lot of different uh, characters and things to overcome. And he explained that even drug addiction is the same kind of thing. It's something where you get pleasure from it, and because of that pleasure, you want to go back again. And then you go back, and that works for uh, any kind of addiction, uh, pornography, and you want also variety. So those two elements are what cause addiction. Pleasure, and you want more, and you want variety. You might say, okay, Rob, this is first things first. Why are you talking about addiction? Well, really, I think God wants us to be addicted. And if you put that first slide up there, in his word, God says that the presence of the Lord brings us joy and pleasure. So when we enter into the presence of the Lord, like we were singing about, right now. Um, in his presence, there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So we can experience pleasure as we come into the presence of the Lord, and that pleasure draws us to come back into the presence of the Lord. The neat thing about being addicted to Jesus is, number one, he's infinite, Okay, You never run out. There's always more of him, much more of him. So much, in fact, that if you experienced enough of him, it would kill you. You can't just walk into his presence. He's so amazing. So this is better than any other addiction in terms of how much pleasure there is. There's also variety. God is a God of variety. Uh, I just was on an airplane trip, and one of the things I really like doing when I'm in an airport for an hour and a half waiting for the next flight is to people watch. What amazes me is all these people walk by, and they all have one nose, two eyes, two ears. They all look different. Different. Variety is amazing. Even identical twins, their mom can tell them apart. They look a little different. God is a God of variety. So as we get to know the Lord, we experience deeper and deeper pleasure, 
and we experience more and more of his variety. And so we get addicted to him. Well, that's, that's good, but how do you get into the presence of the Lord? And that's um, what I wanted to share with you tonight. The next slide, Psalm 22, verse 3, talks about when we're worshiping him and praising him, he inhabits the praises of his people. So as we praise him and worship him, we sense his presence. In fact, we sing a song, you know, your presence, Lord. I don't sing very well, but, but that song, you know, I've tasted and, and the love of the Lord. I've tasted his presence and it's wonderful. One of the Psalms says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So tonight, as we enter into worship in your heart, be asking the Lord to reveal himself. Now, remember, God's everywhere. Okay, so we're always in his presence. The thing we want is to know his presence, to have it manifested to us. That's why we sing that song, your presence, please, Holy Spirit, come. That's what we want. We want to sense his presence. That brings joy and pleasure. Another way on the next slide is uh, through prayer. In Luke 11, 13, Jesus says to the people around him, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more the Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And uh, in fact, we sang a song about that tonight, Come Holy Spirit. Uh, When we ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, it's not that he isn't already here. We're asking him to manifest himself, to take control of us, that we can sense his presence. And I'm sure many of you has, have experienced that in worship, his presence, and in praying and asking him to come and fill me afresh. This is something we can do many times a day. doesn't cost anything for us. It just is a matter of prayer. We want the presence of the Lord. A third way to know his presence is through his word. Jesus told the uh, religious leaders in John 5, 39 and 40, he said, look guys, you search the scriptures, and they sure did, because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is these that bear witness of me, and you won't come to me. His heart was that people would come to him through the word. They would see him in the word and be drawn to him. In Hebrews 10, 7, it says that uh, in the volume of book, it is written of me. The Bible is about Jesus. And as we get in the scripture, we can sense his presence. Um, Let's get a little practical on how to do that. You, You know how to worship and how to pray. But how to get into the word and sense his presence, um, David gave us a great lesson in how to do this. In Psalm 1, he recounts this man who's not evil but blessed. And in verse 2, he talks about 2 and 3 that this man delights, he has pleasure in the law of the Lord. 
and in his law he meditates day and night. So this person is delighting in the law of the Lord. Now, think for a minute, in David's time, what was the law of the Lord? Well, it was the Bible. How much of the Bible did David have to work with? Well, he didn't have any New Testament. He didn't have the rest of the Psalms. I mean, he wrote some. There was a Psalm of Moses. First Kings, Second Kings, First Samuel, Second Samuel, probably not. The prophets, no, they came later. Job, probably. But he had the first five books of the, of the Bible, and there's plenty in there to meditate on. We have even more. So if he could find joy and delight in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we should be able to find joy there also, and the Lord, and we have so much more. So notice it says meditates day and night. Think for a minute. How do you meditate at night? Here's your Bible over here. You're going to sleep. Oh, what was that again? Get your flashlight out. Go in. I mean, how do you do that? And, and notice the tense of the word there. It says meditates. Not meditated some time ago. Meditates. Day and night. This is something you can do every day. If you delight and you find Jesus in the scriptures and you sense his presence, you will have delight and pleasure and you'll want to meditate more and more and more. It's not something he did in Bible college and then that was it. He arrived. This is, you never arrive. You're always meditating, day and night. Well, the Bible actually helps us get an idea of how this meditation works but you probably have some experience. Have you, anybody here ever been to a really good movie they really liked? Anybody? Star Wars 7 or whatever you're, you like. Uh, that was one of my favorites recently. So what happened is I, my son took me to um, see it in uh, 3D. and st- I was great. When I went to bed, I was kind of thinking about the movie, the different characters in it, what they did and stuff. And all night long I thought about it. Because when I woke up, I was thinking about it. That's how you meditate all night. You, you kind of have this part of scripture that you're thinking about when you go to bed. And you can meditate on the word all night long. And in the morning, you'll get something out of it. In fact, in Proverbs 6, um, the context here is the, a parent talking to children saying, listen to your parents' advice. And in Proverbs 6, the, the Bible paints how this works. You, when you're walking around, it kind of the word of God guides you. In this case, the instruction of parents. And then when you're sleeping, kind of watches over you. And then notice what happens in the morning. When you awake, they speak to you. That's the process of meditation. You just have to learn a portion of scripture and think about it all night long. Go to bed thinking about it, asking questions. What's going on here? What's this guy doing? What, what's that about? Who's this other person? Uh, that's the process of meditation. And I'd encourage you to, um, 
to kind of develop that skill, I, I'm meeting with a couple of guys uh, tomorrow night, and uh, for about five or six sessions, we're going to get together, and we're just going to learn together how to meditate, how to learn a passage of scripture. I was just talking to somebody before the service. There's really two ways. One is memorize, and that's a pretty literate style, and um, my wife did that real easily. We could read scripture together two or three times, and she had it. For me, it took two weeks of hammering at it every day. It's just, it's hard for me. But when I see a, a movie or I see a picture of something, I have it just like that. So what I try to do is look at a passage of scripture and picture it and look back at it, picture it again until I, I have it from the pictures. Then I can look at the pictures as I go to sleep um, and then I'm thinking about it. Was, yeah, the other night I was meditating, last night I was meditating on in Acts chapter 8 where Stephen was stoned and it says, and then certain devout men carried him, carried Stephen and put him in, uh, put him in a tomb and then made great lament, great crying over it. So I'm picturing this scene of here's Stephen just been stoned to death, trying to picture what that looks like with stones on him and blood and just a mess, right? And these devout men, they come and they clear the stones away and they carry this guy off and clean him off, whatever, and put him in a tomb. And, and then they just cry greatly. These are devout men. So I'm starting to think about and meditate on that as I went to bed. And when I woke up this morning, the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, wow, devout men actually get their hands dirty. They do things. They don't just hide off in a monastery somewhere. A devout man will actually go do pretty ugly things for righteousness sake. Let's get this guy and put him in a tomb properly. And that was, you know, just what I got out of that passage of scripture meditating on it last night. It's kind of neat. Um, kind of challenging too. But let me just give you one more thing about looking in scripture and looking for Jesus that because um, there's what happens is we look at Jesus we learn about him but we can learn about him kind of academically like these are the facts that's not what meditation is is about it's first you get the facts then you think about it like what is it really like who is Jesus really like what's his character like what am I learning about him? Like, what am I learning about these devout men? Man, they're willing to just roll up their sleeves and do whatever. Um, they don't just sit aside somewhere and kind of piously. So that's that process. That you, you want some intimacy. The picture of our relationship with God is the picture of a husband and wife. You can, before you're married, kind of learn things about a person, you know, you, you know about them, but after you get married, you become physically intimate, and then your soul, your mind, will, and emotions start to become intimate and spiritually intimate. So you develop an intimacy. You can almost just look at the other person and the way they're walking and kind of know what's happening. It, it is a, the closeness that comes, and it takes time, but that develops day and night over time, and that's what we seek for with the Lord. 
an intimacy. And we can ask him, Lord, reveal yourself to me. Show me more of yourself. Just like a husband and wife can ask, you know, tell me more about how you're feeling. What's going on in your life? Learn more about the person. Get to know them at a deeper level. That's what we can do with God. And as we do, we will fall in love with him. And we will become addicted to him because we will have this pleasure. Jesus is not like your spouse. Jesus is perfect. The more you get to know him, the better it is. Okay, No human beings like that. So I want to encourage you tonight as we move into a time of prayer and uh, worship and waiting on the Lord and maybe hearing some scriptures is to ask God to reveal himself to you, to manifest himself, make himself real so that you can sense his presence. Think about what is he really like? What are you learning about God in this passage of scripture? And ask him as you're worshiping, God, show me yourself. Make yourself known to me. Let's be addicted to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight for the fact that you're so awesome. You are limitless in depth and in variety. You are more than words can ever explain. You are awesome. We love you, Lord. We praise you. All of heaven is amazed at you. And Lord, we have opportunity in our lives to sense your presence. And I pray tonight as my precious brothers and sisters in this body have that opportunity to worship and pray and hear your word that we will seek intimacy with you. We will come into your presence, Lord. Make yourself manifest here to us tonight. Overwhelm us with your presence that we might sense that pleasure that will draw us back to you again. You've designed us to become addicted to you. And Lord, we ask you to help us in that process. The addiction that brings freedom, peace, joy, encouragement, love, and all the good things that everyone seeks after. It's all found in you. So draw us to yourself tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.